celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. If you have questions about your pet's uh, medical health, we have Dr. Debbie here to answer those questions. And grooming questions for Joey Volani, the dog father, also here. And if you just want to call and say hi, check in, tell us how things are going for you, we'd love to hear from you. From the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, download that puppy now. And I can tell you so many reasons to download it. There was another recall this week. It's a food recall, not a big brand. But if it's a brand that you feed your animals, it means a lot to you. Whenever there's a recall and you have the Animal Radio app, a notification goes out and tells you what's wrong, who's That's recalling the food. pretty cool. It is. Another reason to download the free Animal Radio app as well as asking your questions from the app. On today's show, if you uh, ever watched Mad TV or King of Queens or really dozens of other programs where Nicole Sullivan was acting. She's funny. She's very funny. She's a little blonde uh, gal from- She was uh, a dog walker. She was yeah, a dog walker was. on King of Queens. How appropriate. She's going to be joining us today, and she's doing an event with the Kitty Bungalow, the charm school for wayward cats. Yes, we've had them on before. Yeah, we have, and they have some really original ideas for raising money for the cats. Also, the creator of PetFinder.com, which may I say is probably- the biggest and most well-known adoption site on the internet. Yes, it is. Uh, Betsy Saul, she will be joining us, and we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes. Uh, Lori, what do you got going on? Well, we usually think about invisible fences and that kind of a containment system for pets, for dogs, right? But sure. now they've done a study using an invisible fence with cats. Okay, I didn't know cats could be trained anything, so I'd love to... <laughs> you never know. That's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls first. Hey, Russ, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Where, um, where are you calling from today? I'm calling from a suburb of New Orleans. I, I'm right outside New Orleans in a place that I just moved to about seven or eight months ago. I sold my home in New Orleans, and I moved into an apartment complex where my sister, uh, sister lived, and they had many cats here. And someone was feeding these cats from about a half a block away because it's against the law. I'm against the rules of the apartment managers. Uh-huh. They have cats mm. in the apartments, and they and the and the owner found out about it. And they're really mad, and they're trying, and they they threaten to evict people, anyone who helped feed or give the cats water or anything. Wow! Now, and they have a number of kittens, about two months old. And I was wondering if you can tell me. Will the kittens, I think the older ones will, but will the kittens find another food source before they die? Hard to say. I mean, that, that's really, I mean, taking away suddenly a food source to um, an assisted colony like that, that, that can create a hardship for them. So the, the big, big concern would be is, does that add undue stress to their health plane? And, and does that mean they're going to be more likely to be succumb to infectious disease or parasites or what have you if they're really struggling or they don't have that, um, you know, food source that they become accustomed to? So, um yeah, I, it, that's rough. I, I would certainly hope someone else in the nearby area could take over for them. And the thing I would encourage you to do is, at least in most communities, um, when we have trap and release uh, programs in the areas, um, like in the Las Vegas area where I'm at, you actually can register colonies. And that basically means not that you take responsibility for like every cat, but it basically just means, okay, we know we have a population of cats in this area and you register with them usually through organizations of related to the shelter systems. 
Mm-hmm. And that can also, that can be a benefit because it can, you know, if you can't participate in this, you can maybe find someone in the nearby area who can take care of this colony. And that may even mean that can help bring in financial resources because with, at least in my area, when you register a cat colony, that, then that brings them into the opportunities to get the, the, the trapping where they get spayed and neutered and they get vaccinations yeah. and then they get released. So if we get these kitties, if they're not already in any, a, um, a program, like that, then, you know, you might find someone else who can take that role um, and then ensure that they're not getting the cutoff and their, you know, resources that they've come to kind of count on at this point. This, this animal community thing, is there, is there a name they go by? I've never, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I would just kind of Google in your area um, as far as uh, cat colony uh, registration. Um, you know, with your locale. And um, in our area, it's done by the county, I believe, um, on the county basis. But it really depends on how your animal sheltering system's broken down, if it's by a citywide basis or county. I called the SPCA, and after five days, the one nearest me uh, euthanizes the, the cats. And I, I, I can't go for that. Yeah, uh, and we're not looking for that. Before I would have anybody involved. And yeah, and that's that's not what these kitties need. As feral cats, the adults are likely not going to be adoptable in the true sense of the word. Um, the kittens um, might, and, and certainly getting them into yeah. one of these systems, then they they can have an opportunity to get socialized and uh, used to being around people on that basis. But the adults, we wouldn't, you know, if you took them to a shelter, their behavior would be that of a feral cat. And, yeah, they will probably would be euthanized um, unless they're kind of in this kind of um situation where we have a trap and release um, I'm bringing you a step further if I can just say, ask you one more thing um, sure I, I, I'm, I'm being threatened to be evicted if I help the cats anymore if I can't find any other source of helping them what are the chances of these younger kittens who are about two months old they're not that young what are the chances of them finding another food source is it less? not too likely at all because I'm, I'm willing to take the gamble of helping them uh, I'm going to have to get a lawyer to defend me on this issue because these cats oh, have been here like for years. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. I've talked to uh, apartment administration people, and they said because the, uh, the landlord allow, allow these cats to stay here these many years, she cannot really uh, evict anyone for helping them on her, on the property. But it, but if I do help them, I want to be prepared uh, to help them only because there's no other way. So what are the chances of these younger kittens? of finding another food source, if I can't find any other um, place like you're referring to. Yeah, you know, it, that's hard to answer. I honestly can't say. It really depends on the neighbors in the area. And will, if they start hanging around somebody else's house, is someone else going to feed them? Or are they going to be limited? Cats can only go a few days without water and two weeks without food and nobody around here. And they still hanging around my apartment. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just thinking the worst, that they're starving right. and starving. I've been giving them still water, but I'm afraid to keep feeding them because they won't leave my, um, won't, yeah. Well, yeah. They, won't, they won't go somewhere else. But I've been giving them water, but it seems to me they're not getting fed. And every day that goes by, their lives are in, uh, in, in yeah. danger. So you, you're not and, sure of the situation. I guess what yeah. you're saying, the older they are, the, the greater the possibility of them finding a, another place to go. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, well, I I think just kind of having the adult cats there to kind of lead the way because they're going to kind of follow their lead. And don't forget that, you know, feral cats also 
they hunt. So um, if they're learning those skills from the other adult cats. Now, as a uh, as a resident or someone in that neighborhood, I would far rather see feral cat colonies fed than saying, okay, let's just let them fend for themselves, get into garbage, and, you know, kill off all the local birds. Um, I would rather say, you know, as a landlord, you know, this is going to be a better solution to this problem. And if, you know, we could get a local uh, animal health authority in, maybe that will help to control the population. Because once yeah. you spay and neuter these guys... But you they know, haven't the, spayed and neutered. Not the kids, yeah. but the uh, others have. Okay. Well, they that's good. Let me, let me, if I can, I know I'm taking up a lot of time, but if you, if you can help me with this, maybe you can. You can just say goodbye then. Are there <laughs> any legal help? Is there any legal help to defend these cats that I could go to? Is there any kind of type of an attorney that could help uh, defend these lives of these cats? About, there's about a dozen of them. You know, um, I know we've had some lawyers that specialize in animal law, um, so mm-hmm. you may have someone in your area. I don't know. Hal, Judy, do you remember the individual the, we had? The Animal Legal Defense Fund is comes to mind uh, immediately, okay. and doing an Internet or a Google search for the Animal Legal Defense Fund uh-huh. might help you at least find a lawyer who can yes. say if, there's, if you have any traction whatsoever. Okay, Animal Legal Defense Fund. Okay, thank you so much. You, uh, I'm just going to hope the best and see if I can get some additional help. Thank you for your time. Yes, we we wish you the best of luck. Keep us posted. Let us know how this goes. I will. Uh, I've grown very attached to these cats. And uh, they're the most, uh, they're like, they don't fight with one another. They're the most uh, dear uh, creatures that I've seen around in a long time. I hate to see them die, so I'll let you know. Okay, we appreciate what you're doing. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Alan Cable with today's amazingly sweet love story watch. It goes. Owen's getting a little kiss from his dog. He's seven years old. This is a story of how one little boy and a dog changed each other's lives. Owen has an illness that causes his muscles to constantly be tense, so it's very difficult for him to move around and do simple things. It's made him very shy and withdrawn. Well, some folks were searching for someone to adopt a dog named Hachi. He's a big Italian shepherd that only has three legs. Hachi got hit by a train and then came to us. Owen says it was a magical meeting. First day I met him, put his head on my lap, and that's what happened. Owen's family says he's a different kid with Hachi there, much more outgoing. I'm really happy. Everything changed my life. This is Animal Radio, baby. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. You know what they say, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Well... Don't tell that to Toby. A New Zealand dog owner got in a lot of trouble for filling out a voter registration form for Toby, his Jack Russell Terrier. Peter Rhodes of Queenstown says he was just trying to make a point about government bureaucracy. But the bureaucrats aren't laughing. A local official said Rhodes may face criminal charges for voter fraud, even though Toby didn't even vote in the recent national election. Toby signed his voter's registration form with a paw print, and his occupation was listed 
as rodent exterminator. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Hey, thanks for joining us. Go grab your pet. Bring them around the radio. They enjoy the show, too. I think. Maybe. The animals in the studio right now, they're actually asleep. I think the show calms them and makes them sleepy. <laughs> they come in here for their <laughs> nap. weekly nap. Yeah, Hopefully I you're know. not doing the same thing. Uh, this hour, we're going to be talking to Betsy Saul. Who is she, you say? Well, you've heard of the website PetFinder, right? Yeah. I mean, who hasn't? It is probably the utmost authority on adoption. I found probably the first one. I found my dog on PetFinder. Really? Yes, did you? I did. She started that a little over two decades ago. We actually started at about the same time, and it was a pretty small little website. I remember during, when we started, it was just a little baby website. It soon transformed into something bigger than life and is really her legacy, her first legacy. She's now working on her second legacy, 911fosterpets.com. And what it is, is it's a, it's a site looking for foster parents to take care of animals between the time that they uh, enter the shelter and they get adopted. So if you're one of those people that likes fostering animals, you're going to love this website, and she'll be telling us about it in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, next hour, Nicole Sullivan, actress and comedian Nicole Sullivan from Mad TV and King of Queens, the little blonde bombshell. Very funny gal. She loves the animals, and she's doing something very special for the animals. We're going to find out what that is coming up in just a few minutes. But first, uh, we're going to go to the phones and uh, doing a check of news right after that. What are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, you know, usually when you talk about mice, it's like, eek, a mouse. In this case, it would be, oh, my God, an enormous rodent. A 120-pound rodent in the news. You know, I heard about this. That's big. I can't believe they actually call this a rodent. What makes a rodent, Dr. Debbie? What makes it? It's just the the category of the animal that it's derived from. But yeah, I you know that this kind of critter. We actually have a couple that come to my office, um, and they are kind of cool. It, it's it's like a mix between a pig and a mouse. It's really cool. <laughs> what what Lori will be telling you about seems to be something that's picking up interest across the country. And I don't want to say a fad because I hate animal fads, but there are a lot of yeah, people that are terrible. starting to get this kind of animal. And we'll find out about it in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. 
Uh, ready to go to the phones? Can we do that? Oh, by the way, Robert Simro with five fall seasonal dangers next hour. Okay, now let's go to the phones. Hi, Bob. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. What's on your mind? My dog, two years old, lab mix, around her tail. She's been chewing on it, scratching and all that. She's got it raw with the hair missing. Okay. And I'm wondering if it's because of her food or, or what. You said she's losing hair. Is that at like her rump area right in front of the tail? Uh, all around the tail. And all around the rump. tail. Like actually and on the, the tail itself. Not really just on the tail, but where the tail joins her body. Okay. Is the rest of her fur okay? Any other patterns? Uh, No, that's the only bare spot she has. How old is she? She's two. Two years old. Okay. Well, you're just getting into the fun uh, quieting down years (laughs) for Labradors. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's a lot of fun, yeah. She she keeps me out of trouble. Well, I just laugh because I have two Labradors and one's perpetually a two-year-old. So, <laughs> but uh, so with her having that itchiness, does it seem better, worse at any time of the year, or is it has it been kind of an ongoing issue? It just started like maybe two weeks ago, where she started, you know, digging at it and scratching and chewing and all that. Okay. In that area on the on the kind of the rump right in front of the tail, that's a prime area for fleas and for flea dermatitis. Um, so I would definitely want to make sure that we're addressing um, really vigilant flea control because even one little bite from those critters can send a dog with a flea allergy into the itchies for weeks. Um, so that would be one of the first things I'd want to make sure that we're doing a good flea program with um, shampoos. There's different topical meds. Um, and you can kind of lift up the hair, and if you kind of push the hair backwards, sometimes you can actually see evidence of fleas, and, and that may be what we call flea dirt, where you see like looks like pepper almost under the, under the hair coat. So that might give us a clue that we need to really work on that flea control. I haven't seen a flea on her. Okay. No, yeah. Basically, the only place you could see is on her belly, but I haven't seen any, you know, scurrying across her belly at all. Yeah, and, and it can be hard. I mean, these little guys are the fleas are pretty tiny, so um, you know, you might not see them, but you know, look for that flea dirt. You know, if you see that and you don't see any critters, it means they're still there. Now, you know, outside of fleas, there's a lot of other things we could be looking at. And um, Labrador is our dog that we see a lot of problems with allergies and skin-related problems of all sorts. Um, so anything from yeast infection in Labradors is very common. But allergies where they're just having um, almost like a hypersensitivity, where they're scratching, they're itching, um, it tends to be in more than just one area. Um, so I would want to make sure that we're looking at that area. Um, if we see any kind of redness, any kind of crusting, anything yellow, um, then we really want to make sure we get a sample of that um, because sometimes we'll add in antibiotics and yeast medicine, things along those lines if there's an infection. Um, for itching, um, for mild itching, for allergies, I'm a fan of using you know antihistamines. Um, and you'd want to you know talk to your veterinarian about the right dosage and so forth. But that would be something like doggy Benadryl. And then ultimately, we might even look at her diet. Um, it's a little less common to have just an all-of-a-sudden problem with a food allergy. But um, for some 
some dogs, and Labradors are a breed, we can see food allergies where um, it's things that they eat that actually cause their skin to itch. And it seems kind of crazy, but that is the case um, in dogs. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. There's a new study out by some animal welfare specialists that shows using electronic containment systems to restrict where pet cats go does not result in long-term problems for their well-being. Of course, you remember the use of handheld shock collars on dogs had previously led to concerns over the welfare of pets trained using the so-called e-collars. Now, however, other forms of electronic training devices for pets have not received as much attention from researchers until now. These include invisible or virtual fences, which deliver a static electric pulse to deter an animal from crossing a boundary like the edge of your property or your back or your front yard. Well, a new study into these systems by the researchers at University of Lincoln in the UK found no evidence of long-term problems in cats living with these underground fences compared to control cats that were able to roam freely in and out of their owner's yards. While some people argue that electronic containment systems can never be justified for pets, other research shows that hundreds of thousands of cats are killed and injured on roads each year, and these devices can help to prevent that. So consider this. Unlike owner-operated handheld electronic training devices, invisible fences, they say, depend purely on the cat's behavior for any correction and not human judgment. So in other words, there's not going to be a human on this end of what they might term a punishment, you know, pushing a little beeper thing. Modern devices train the cats to associate a warning beep instead with the location of the invisible fence. Therefore, animals may be able to quickly and efficiently learn appropriate avoidance techniques and behaviors without having that horrible anxiety or fear, you know, that they're going to be shocked. Thank you, Roro. Shortly after the Fukushima nuclear disaster in Japan, residents who lived near the plant were immediately evacuated, of course, because of the risk of radiation exposure. But did you know they were forced to leave their pets behind 
Wow. Now, that's because residents were assured they would be back home in a day or so and that their pets would be okay. So they left them. They really didn't have a choice. Fortunately, a man named Akira Honda, his nickname is Taicho, raced to the disaster area when it happened and immediately recognized there was going to be a huge need for an animal shelter near the radiation-contaminated exclusion zone. Now, just a month after the disaster back then, he established the Nyander Guard Animal Rescue, about 25 miles away from where the disabled nuclear site was. So far, that rescue, they have pulled 740 dogs to dogs and cats, that is, to safety, and they currently still care for more than about 200 other animals. Now, obviously, all the dogs and cats that were there at the time during the nuclear disaster had been exposed to radiation. But think about this. Unless you had a really high amount of radiation, the animal that is, in a pretty short amount of time, it really does not affect them until about 30 years later. Yeah, Yeah, I see you're getting this now. Uh And they don't live that long. So saving all of the animals at that time was absolutely the right thing to do. So now back at the ranch or the shelter, as the case is here, cats are able to roam in cat rooms while bigger dogs have spacious kennels and smaller dogs are kept indoors. And the dogs there in Japan now at the rescue center are walked twice a day, sometimes even taken on trips to parks. The shelter still rescues and feeds abandoned animals in the restricted and abandoned areas. Well, the word rodent implies, to me anyway, kind of ugly, unwanted little creatures that sneak into your home and freak out a lot of us. (laughs) Of course, many rodents are typically met by, and I don't agree with this either, the lethal trap or the stickiness of traps. But that is not always the case. There are people who have pet rodents. For example, there is a 120-pound rodent in Texarkana. That's right. You you weren't hearing things. A 120-pound rodent in Texarkana. He is genuinely loved. He is hugged and even given home-cooked meals every day. His name is Chico, and he's a capybara, a species that National Geographic says is the world's largest living rodent. And only about a dozen or fewer of them are kept as pets in the United States, and they do require specialized veterinary care. But luckily for Chico... He is part of Texas A&M's research team, which keeps records on his growth and health because they're pretty unique here. The semi-aquatic critters are natives really of South American places like Argentina and Brazil, Bolivia and Ecuador. But Chico is here in Texas. His owner got Chico when he was just 10 days old. But still, he's 10 days old, and he weighed about four pounds already. Now, two-year-old Chico is about 120 pounds, and he will continue to grow until he is six years old. Chico's owner says he kind of looks like a gerbil on steroids, since this is radio and we need to paint a picture for you. And uh, despite his size, Chico, this 120-pound rodent, is afraid of his fur sibling, a chihuahua. And uh, Chico, by the way, is also pretty unique in that his best friend is another sibling, animal sibling, a mini pig named Darla. And Chico kind of thinks that Darla is his pet. Yeah. But they have a lot of fun. Chico has his own YouTube channel. And because of his YouTube channel, more and more people are starting to make these their pets, the capybara. They're very, they look like, uh, 
uh, like a really a old... gerbil on steroids. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they do <laughs> steroids. Actually, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hi, this is Judith Chapman from Young and the Restless at CBS, and I'm on Animal Radio right now, and I'm asking everyone out there to please spay and neuter your pets. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you dog father, Joey Volani. I got an email, and I, hold on, now I got it, because Hal just threw me off here a little bit, um, trying to whisper to me while we were, um, you know, in between here. And um, I got to get the guy's name here. It is um, Kristen, yeah, I, and, and I think it's Gimes, his last name. He's from Wichita, Kansas, and he's having a problem. He's have he has a um I, I guess it's a Shih Tzu mix and the dog has one of those pushed in faces, and the dog is getting a fungusy type smell from the face. And I've spoken about this before, but he says yeah. that there's not there's not much that he can do. He says he takes the dog to the groomer all the time, and the dog comes back and it looks clean and it feels clean, but when the dog tries to give you a smooch, he has a wet mop. Um, type of smell coming Ugh. coming from the face, and oh, you want to know something that that's something that's that's really really common on these dogs. Now, on the short haired version of the, of the um, brachycephalus dogs, the pushed in face dogs, the um, bulldogs, boxes, whatever, um, it's real easy because you take a little bit of of um, cornstarch, or I like gold bond powder actually, or medicated powder, and um, you powder those those folds, and what happens is it dries it up. The problem is on a long-haired dog, it's a little bit more difficult for two reasons. Number one, it cakes up in there, and a lot of times it'll mat. Number two, it's real easy getting it in there in the dog's eyes. And if you ever got medicated powder in your eye, you know exactly what it feels like. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't feel real good. So this is what, what you're going to do. You're going to get yourself some Q-tips. You're going to get yourself some hydrogen peroxide, real cheap method. Okay, dip the Q-tips in the hydrogen peroxide, but don't dip it right in, in the um, container itself and contaminate it. Pour a little bit out in, in another container. Um, dip it in there, and you're going to wipe the... Um, the, the, the folds, not the corners of the eyes, the folds that are underneath the eyes where the skin flaps over and you know what, there's, there's a little bit, it's, um, I don't know if, how to explain it any better than that, but, um, you're gonna go in those folds and you're gonna wipe it out and you're gonna notice, you're probably gonna get almost like a mucusy discharge on the end of it. It's almost gonna look greenish, like, um, oh. slimy. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nasty. But basically what it is, it stays wet there because they tear. Mm -hmm. Or they just get it wet in general, and it doesn't dry because the skin is, is folded over itself. So what you're going to do is you're going to go in there and um, with the Q-tip and the hydrogen peroxide. You're going to dry it up real good with a tissue or, or, or cloth that's clean. And then go in there with just a little bit of cornstarch. Now, what the cornstarch will do is you don't have to really worry about it getting in the dog's eyes. And put it in lightly. Don't cake it on because you don't want it to mat the face because it will mat the face a little bit if, if um, you put too much in. Now, what that's going to do, it's going to draw the moisture out. If you do that 
in the beginning, you need to do it every single day. When I say in the beginning, at least a solid week of doing it. After that, if you stayed on top of it and did that once a week, you're going to notice the odor is going to go away. Okay, so you don't have to use anything unnatural. They sell a lot of face deodorizers and stuff. And honestly, all that really does is irritate. I've seen that irritate the dogs even worse, that what ends up happening is when they use a facial deodorant is that the dog starts scratching at it. So not only is it wet and slimy, but now they've irritated it and now it's infected. And the infection usually is a little bit harder to cure cure because the you know if you think about it it's an, an it's a, an infectious breeding ground because it's wet it's moist it's stinky it's dirty mm-hmm. so it's perfect for an infection so don't put anything that's going to irritate it peroxide a little cornstarch keep it dry it works wonders your dog's face won't smell like a wet mop anymore mm. and i hope that helped christian's problem but that's a you know what how that's a problem that we get with a with a lot of dogs and even when they come into the grooming salon we can get the smell out temporarily and when i say temporary usually by the next day it comes back unless it's something that's um that you really stay on top of can i use that on my mother-in-law she has a real wrinkled up face and oh, it stinks yes hell. yes she can, can. yes she can okay. yes and overweight people you know in the folds you know where they're fat you can <laughs> That, that also works good. So. And I could say that because, uh, you know, I, I, I used to have that problem, I guess. You could say whatever you want. Joy Volani on Animal Radio. All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll go back to the phones for just a couple of minutes, but I want to visit with an old friend. And uh, in fact, this young lady, when we started, she started a little website uh, called PetFinder.com. Just and a little, just a little website yeah, then, yeah. and it turned into something really tremendous. And it is, as far as I'm concerned, probably the foremost uh, pet adoption website that there is and ever has been. We welcome to the show Betsy Saul. Hi, Betsy. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you guys? Oh, splendid. Doing great. So you have a project called 911 Foster Pets. What's that all about? Well, we um, there were several of us that were working with PetFinder, and over the many years, so we were so gratified in the public's response, and I think that it's fair to say that um, we really raised the awareness about all of the amazing animals in shelters over that, you know, that 15-year period. Yep. Um, before I was ready to move on to the next thing and, and tackle the next problem because I, I became frustrated um, with the the pets that were that, that, that were never really I don't, I don't want to say left behind because that suggests that nobody cares about them and I think that the entire animal welfare community does care about all these pets but the pets that never make it to adoption row you know the pets that because they're newborn or because they're old or because they um, just need a little extra time before they're transported to another facility, don't ever get any kind of exposure. And so at PetFinder, obviously, we couldn't say, hey, this pet at this rescue organization or this shelter is 
more valuable than that pet just because it's short on time. You know, we couldn't, you know, we just, those pets always got kind of left behind in, in terms of our ability to really market them. So after a few years of not working on Pet Finder and having uh, my fingers in some other things, I, you know, would find that when I was waking up at night, it was, it was those guys that, that really bugged me, you know, when people sure. would talk about how, how gratifying Pet Finder must have been. I would say, yeah, but I remember going to this animal shelter and uh, taking a tour, and we got to this back room, and about as many animals were in the back, this back facility, um, as were in the front of the mm-hmm. facility. And I said, well, what are these guys? And they said, oh, well, these are the guys that are waiting, and about 25% of these animals make it up to Adoption Row, and they actually called it Adoption Row. Jeez. And I just remember feeling kind of head swirly and like maybe I was going to throw up because yeah. there were all these amazing animals. And so much of it is just about timing or luck or, you know, you know how it is. Yes. Yeah, so, well, and so these are animals that are, uh, they could be sick or they could be, what, what, are, what are the maladies that, they, that keeps them from being adopted? You know, right now on 911 Foster Pets, we've got um, two groups of animals in more quantity than any other. And they are, uh, number one, animals that are under eight weeks of age. So these are, these are either moms that are about to have puppies or kittens or, or batches of kittens and puppies that have no business being in a shelter, and everyone knows that, and so we need to get them out of the shelter. They're urgent by virtue of the fact that they need socialization in a different way than they can get in a shelter. Sure. And also because they're at risk, right? There's an at-risk population, and so for disease and things like that, they need to be out of a shelter. The other group of pets are pets that because, I think, you know, to toot our own horn, because we've been so amazing in animal welfare at doing what we do, there are now um, all these transports and rescues state to state and, you know, these partnerships between the foster-based groups and the shelters. But the, the timing is everything, right? And so we may have um, an animal that's identified in Dallas who somebody is willing to foster in Missouri, but the transport for that, the person that's going to drive that pet from one place to another is, and, even, and it may be a purebred poodle and there's try, it's trying to get the poodle, poodle rescue, right? But we need a week because that time, the time is up at the shelter a week before the transport's available. Right. Well, you know, that's a really short-term foster need, right? And who wouldn't, you know, who, who wouldn't stand up and say, hey, that poodle can come and crash at my pad for a week? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just so reasonable, and there are so many of us and so many people who aren't even in animal welfare who would be like, oh, yeah, that would be totally cool. You know, think of graduate students who would long to have a pet but really can't commit, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and, 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 it's, and it's all just a matter of uh, timing and, and, and in some cases luck, right? Like, what you know, here's a pet, you know, that we can see on the site who is lucky by all standards. There's someone in another state that stood up and said they can come live with me for a while. Sure. Um, or, or I'll adopt them, but I can't get there for a week. So all, all of the animals that we're going to find at 911 Foster Pets are obviously animals that, that need that transitional yeah. period to adoption. So they're not ready for adoption, but they're, they're close to it. Well, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that we don't mind the idea of some foster failures. You know? Yeah, well, you know what? That's my problem <laughs> you know? is that when I foster an animal, I cannot part with it after that. I, I become a foster failure, and I bet that maybe there's a high percentage of people who foster animals that are foster failures. I, I failed um, twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking around the studio here, and I, I see that, uh, Joey, you have a foster failure, don't you? You have two foster failures. Lori, Lori, how many do you have? Uh, one, 
to two Sunday just went to her new home yesterday. Oh, okay. Oh, oh good. Oh, good. Wow. And uh, we don't foster here because we know, we know we automatically we're failures. <laughs> but I- we know that's going to happen, but it's, it's, it's certainly more than reasonable to think that we should, before we make a lifetime commitment to a pet, want to have an experience where we get to know that pet and make sure it's a good fit for the family, right? There's so many people get a pet, and they, the pet ends up in a shelter later because it wasn't a good fit. Right. So I think yeah. fostering is a perfectly beautiful way to try pets on for size. Well, I wish we had more time to talk with you today. You're doing wonderful work as usual, and I wish you the same success with this website as, of course, you did with Pet Finder. Betsy Saul, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's so, so nice to hear from you guys, like old friends, like a reunion. It is, it is. <laughs> We're going to head back to the phones for your calls, toll-free, with Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Brandon McMillan on Animal Radio, and be sure to adopt and not shop. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800 478 6084. 800 ウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカムウェルカ
feral cats and actually socializing feral cats. A great organization Make to them have. Adopt- yeah. We had a call earlier about feral cats. It's too bad that this kind of organization doesn't exist. What was it? In Baton Rouge, the guy was calling from? Mm, yeah. North of New Orleans, yeah. Uh, but she's doing an event, the Cat Beret. Not Cabaret, but Cat Beret. She'll be joining us this hour. Very funny lady with many, many animals and a great devotion towards the animals. Lori Brooks, also someone who has a great devotion to animals, and you just adopted Sunday? I'm very, very... No, actually, I was fostering Sunday, uh-huh. and Sunday, after some tears and a, a very sad day yesterday for me, Sunday went to her, her forever home yesterday morning. Oh, that's great. I'm sorry, that's sad for you. <laughs> it is. It, you know, and I... My motto is usually, okay, you got to move the fosters out so you can take the next one. But I am so partial to senior animals. You are. It's, it's such a neat thing when your foster goes to a home. It's kind of like your child marrying up, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to live way better than I do. <laughs> Very happy for her. She was with so. you for, what, five, six weeks, seven weeks? Couple, eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah, I would get. Yeah. That would be very hard for me to do. I would get very. I would be a foster failure for sure well, in that kind of situation. Yeah, you can do that, and it it would have been fine with me if I was because she was so adorable. But you know, it's nice for her to have the opportunity to become the only dog and get all the attention and you know all the spoils. And now oh, you have room for, for another one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Any plans? Um, not at the moment. Uh, we're getting ready to do our biggest fundraiser of the year. And so we're probably going to have to wait until after that because taking four dogs to one hotel room gets to be a little crazy. Now, where is your fundraiser? Um, it's at, we do the Sea Witch Festival. We do on the, on the Rebound Bulldog Rescue. And we do the Sea Witch Festival, which is at the end of this month. Always the last weekend in October at Rehoboth Beach in Delaware. Oh, wow. If people want to learn more about that, is there a website they can go to? Um, yeah, you can go to On the Rebound Bulldog Rescue, or you can go to the Sea Witch Festival. And uh, the really fun part about it is that we have uh, a pretty well-known bulldog kissing booth. And um, I love it. It's a little That's yellow fun. house front, and we set the bulldogs up there, and it's a dollar for a kiss. Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, okay. It is. Judy, can we put links to all of that over at the website at animalradio.com? <laughs> yes. Just in case you're in the I Delaware you area. What are you working on this hour in the news? Well, um, some vets are now saying, we're going to have to talk to you about this, uh, Dr. Debbie, too, and find out your take. Um, in the UK, pretty big thing. They're talking about do not give your dog a bone. Mm. And we'll tell you what kind of bones and why. Well, you've been preaching that forever already, haven't you, Dr. Debbie? I Yeah, I sure do. I mean, I don't think there's any place to give bones. There's better ways to do oral dental care than just saying a bone is going to take care of it. Yeah, and people will call up and they'll say, well, I boil my bones. That doesn't it still do doesn't it. matter. Ooh. I've seen enough dogs that it doesn't matter if they're raw bones or cooked bones. Um, I think it gives us a false sense that you're doing something that's safer. Um, so, no, I'm not a fan of it at all. Okay, so if you are a bone feeder to your dogs, you give them a bone as a treat, you want to be listening up for this. Also, speaking of dangers, around this time of year, Robert Semro with five fall what is this? Five fall season dangers. I can't read my own handwriting. Five fall seasonal dangers. Five fall seasonal dangers. I can tell you a few right off the bat. I bet he's going to be talking about Halloween because that's always a big one where they get into the candy mm. and, or they get scared. 
see people in costumes. But we'll find out. Robert does it his own way with his listomania coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, but first, it's all about you and your pets. Let's talk to you. Me? Yes, you looking down at the radio. And let's go to Sonny. I like that. What a beautiful name. Hi, Sonny. Hello. How are you doing today? Fine, fine. Just relaxing. What's going on in your world? Uh, I got a cat, so like, like a ragdoll cat. And uh, we've had cats that come to the window, and we, I've had them all taped up already, but he has gotten into a spraying over a year now, and he's, I can't control him. I try stuff from the, from the stores to find out what to stop him from doing, but it hasn't worked, and I was wondering what, what's called, why he's doing this. Okay, so so far you've tried, you said taping up the window, like covering I, it up? I, I, put, I taped uh, the windows up so he wouldn't look outside anymore. Okay. Because he, he was getting involved with this female cat that would come to the door and just, you know, and I, as I told my wife, look, she's coming through the window and antagonizing my cat, our cat. And he, mm-hmm. he got really involved with it. He's never been the same after that. It's been over oh. a year. Okay. And is this the only kitty you have? And, and does he stay no, inside? No, I, I have uh, three kitties, but I got one that we just brought in about six months ago. It belongs to a friend of ours, and we all work together, and she's on a... He stays with us now for about six okay. months now. And then everybody stays inside now? Yes, they're all inside cats. Okay, all righty. So, Sonny, you have a challenge here because as long as that that uh, neighborhood cat is coming around, you have an ongoing stimulus uh, for your kitty. Everything you try in the inside of the house is going to be very marginal at improving this because as long as that cat is there, that stimulus is way stronger than any kind of obstacle you can put in the way. So whatever we do, it's got to be a multi-approach. Uh, so okay. I definitely like the idea of um, you know doing things to help your cat from not seeing the kitty, but I want to start first on the outside of the house. And, and I'm not advocating doing anything that's going to harm this cat. Um, So if it's a neighbor's cat, I'd go over there and say, hey, you know what? Your cat's coming over. I'm having uh, urine spraying issues in my house. You know, just want you to know maybe you can keep them inside. Um, That's one one step. But there are things that you can put outside that window to help keep that kitty from choosing to come by that window. Um, So you may end up in nice weather. You can get the motion-activated sprinklers um, so that when the electronic eye detects movement, it's sprinkled with a sprinkler in the area, and that helps to keep um, feral cats or outdoor cats away. Um, you can also do this. There's canned compressed air units that are also motion-activated, and that's one way to kind of create a invisible barrier so that that cat, cat won't come around. Um, and, and I'll often use, you know, cats don't typically like um, citrus, so you can take orange peels, lemon peels, and kind of sprinkle that in the area, and that might be kind of a more, you know, natural way to kind of deter the kitty from there. So that's one thing. we got to keep the other kitty away the other step is we want to try a little bit more creative ways to block your cat from seeing this kitty. And, you know, you can close the drapes, put barriers on the windows. Um, you can put something that might make it less attractive for your kitty to go there. So those little plastic uh, runners that you use to preserve your carpet, so, you know, all the traffic on it, you flip that upside down, and it's got those little nubs. Um, if you lay that down in front of the particular um, area where this is happening, um, that's just one incentive for your kitty not to go there to help keep them away Um, and and make sure you you do pick up some kitty pheromones which are scent hormones that have kind of a calming effect and and do help when we have uh, multiple cat issues or anxiety issues Um, one of them collars around his neck and he wears it a lot to keep him calm 
Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely one way those are those are um, designed. And then the other thing is, you know, if hopefully you have a harmonious feline inside household, um, but also we want to make sure you got ample resources so that anything in a cat's world that they kind of stress about creates more anxiety and feeds some of these bad behaviors and unpleasant things. So um, what is a cat stress? Cats stress about not having enough uh, food sources or water sources or having to walk by this hallway and have another cat meow at them. So you want to make sure with four cats that you have at least a good four litter boxes. I'd prefer to see five. Um, but we want to have those strategically around the house and have lots of food and water sources as well. So that decreases the inside stress with your social situation. And then hopefully that will also help with, you know, this other cat on the outside. But that's that's a very overwhelming um, drive, you know, to, to want to, hey, say, this is my house. Go away from that window. Um, this is what cats do. And instead of, you know, picking up the phone and calling or yelling out the window. This is how she, he's trying to tell that cat, get lost. Okay. <laughs> well, well, good luck with that, Sonny, and give your kitties a good scratch behind the ears for me. Okay. Take care now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, Studies are showing that the common goldfish may be a lot smarter than we thought. Nine-year-old Kyle Pomerleau agrees. He won Albert Einstein the goldfish at a school fair and soon noticed that the fish would react to him whenever he came near the tank. Kyle and his dad decided they'd try to train the goldfish to do something. They first bought a finger soccer kit from a dollar store and rewarded Albert with food every time he swam near the net. As soon as Albert got the net trick, they added a ball. Soon Albert was trained to push the ball into the goal for a treat. The father and son training team have heard from so many people eager to learn how to train their own fish, they've now started selling fish training manuals from their fish school website. They say it takes about five or six training sessions a day for about three weeks to teach most goldfish how to swim through a hoop. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Are people to Animal Radio. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? going through a divorce. Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800-478-6084 800-478-6084 That's 800-478-6084 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You found us. It's Animal Radio. This is the show where we celebrate the connection with our pets 
And if you don't have any pets, you probably think we're kind of crazy. If you have pets, you completely understand. (laughs) We all love them like family. And sometimes we actually treat them better than family. I know I treat all my animals better than any of my family, but they give me an unconditional love and I respect them for that. You know, if they want to sleep in the middle of the bed, that's fine. I will uh, sleep on the corner. I will sleep on the corner of the bed. And I think that's, I don't know about you, Lori. Do you let the animals in, in your bed? Well, I told you Sunday went to her her new home yesterday. Uh, So that leaves two dogs in the bed now. But I was sleeping with three bulldogs in the bed. What are you going to do with all that room? (laughs) Do you you sleep in weird positions to accommodate them? You have to, yeah. Because (laughs) what kind of person are you if you're going to, you know, disturb your dog and make them uncomfortable? That's what I'm saying. What about you, Dr. (laughs) Debbie? You You know what? I'm kind of strange. I never, like, we usually don't sleep with our pets in the bedroom. They sleep and they kind of watch, you know, the lower level of the house. But my little terrier mix, he's actually gotten to where he's very sneaky and he'll sneak sneak into the bedroom while we're getting ready and he just quietly lays in the bed does not move and you don't know he's there and then but he's he's like the best bed partner he does not make you make you move at all he he picks the most in innocuous spot that won't be a bother so he just tries to make it comfortable for us so you have it all worked out there judy you actually your dog I, sleeps in a crate doesn't she it? still sleeps it. she's eight years old and she has slept in a crate the first night i brought her home well okay now the second night i brought her home first night she slept and does she me. like that she likes it. You know, she has, we have our little playtime for about 15 minutes on the bed before we go to bed. She's yeah. up on the bed with me and cuddling and, you know, giving her scratches and loving. And then I open her crate and tell her it's time to go to bed. And she gets up and goes right in there. And it's so funny. She goes in there and lays down. And I swear, in just two seconds, she's sound asleep. So she's, she, she loves, loves that routine. It. That's, yeah, that's her routine. It's her comfort spot. It yeah, it's, her, it's like her own bedroom. And she's like, thank God they went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My cat. It's not so much like that. They uh, they curl up next to me on either side, and I can't roll one way or the other. And, and the black uh, under my eyes, the wrinkles, <laughs> that's all because I don't get sleep. And if you're like me, and I'm sure if you have cats, you may be like me, we want to hear from you today. And in fact, we'll go back to the phones in just a couple of minutes. On the way, I'm very excited about this, Nicole Sullivan from uh, Mad TV, and she was the dog walker in King of Queens. She'd walk Arthur. Arthur, uh-huh. Uh, She's going to be joining us in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on? Cat obesity is a huge problem these days. They're just, you know, some aren't eating as well as they should. They're packing on pounds. So how do you get your cat to increase their level of energy output? Um, They actually did a study on this. And so we'll tell you. And, And interestingly enough, it involves feeding them. Really? <laughs> it sounds crazy, yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you about it. See, that's my problem with my cats is I need to increase their activity level because I'm feeding them. Yeah. Too much. You'll see the connection coming okay. up here. I'll have to wait around for that. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, Five Fall Seasonal Dangers for Pets. Fall is such a great time of the year. The leaves change colors, the weather gets cooler, and families come together to enjoy the warmth of family time. Fall also brings with it several dangers to our pets that you need to know and prepare for. Let's begin with the household fall routines that many switch over to. And let's start with pools. It's always important to train your dog to avoid the pool without supervision. And in the fall, when many folks cover their pools to avoid the leaves and other fall weather changes, it can be even more important. 
That pool cover typically looks like any other area to run and play on, which can be extremely dangerous to your pets. Additionally, now is the time to make preparations to keep those dog houses up and off the ground to avoid cold and wet weather. If your dog house is flat with the ground, water, snow, and other things can get in and cause all kinds of health issues for your dogs. More importantly, make sure you have prepared a proper shelter and place for your pets to get out of the elements. Finally, as you place poisons, traps, and other critter catchers out to protect your home and property for the fall, please remember to keep your pets in mind. If they're going to be able to get into that area, you must supervise them at all times. And if you're going to engage in pest control, do your best to find pet-safe offerings that give you and your pet an extra layer of safety. Next is allergens, which is pretty much on any pet dangerous list regardless of the time of year. Each season has its heightened allergens and things that can exacerbate your pet's allergies. Make sure to keep them wiped down, and that includes specifically their paws. With the moisture and dampness, it's much easier for potential problem allergens to get in between their paws. So pay special attention to their paws, and if you see them obsessively grooming them, be quick to see if there's something causing that. Fleas and ticks are another problem that increases in the fall. Ticks because there are fewer potential opportunities for ticks in the fall and they hone in on those who are still venturing out. And fleas because they breed in the spring and are in full swing as fall arrives. I'll finish up with another every season list includes this and this one's for good reason and that would be seasonal food items. That's right, your pet doesn't know which foods are dangerous and which foods are safe. Unfortunately, the same often goes for your guests at get-togethers. So be vigilant about what pets can get into and what your guests may be sharing with your pets. Also, know if any of the food items you're serving can be poisonous to your pet. The fall is a wonderful time to spend with your pets and family. Share your fall pet preparations on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Holy education! Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series Batman. You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie, they've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens! If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. 
Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Vets are now warning people not to give their dog a bone because they say it could kill them. In fact, these are vets in the UK. They put out their warning after they say they saw dozens of dogs suffering from damage to their digestive tracts and suffering blockages as well caused by bone splinters and larger pieces of bone that broke off in a chewing frenzy. And if you're thinking that only applies to cooked bones, which break and splinter a whole lot easier, that's not always the case. They say surgery is usually needed to remove any blockage, and in some case, the damage caused by bones is so serious that it can be fatal. The same is true for rawhide, of course. You know, if a dog swallows a large piece of that, it can become stuck and cause a blockage. Remember, rawhide, too, is not digestible. One pet food company in uh, UK has even stopped selling natural and raw bones following a number of fatalities there, including the death of a two-year-old miniature schnauzer after a ham knuckle bone that was a Christmas gift became lodged in his stomach. An x-ray then showed fragments of bone in his stomach and intestines, and despite a pretty long four-hour operation, that story didn't have a happy ending. The official warning says never feed pets cooked bones and also dispose of any bones that are left over from a meal safely and securely so pets don't go through a trash can trying to get to them again. And they say, this warning continues, if owners feed their dog raw bones, they recommend speaking to a veterinary surgeon so that you understand the risks. And it continues, never ever give a dog rawhide. The group also does not recommend feeding cats raw bones. Mm. Dr. Debbie, how many how many bones do you remove a year, would you say? <laughs> oh, it depends. Man, I had um, bones stuck over jaws where they kind of get them stuck ar- actually around their jaw to everywhere from there down to the digestive uh, small intestinal tract. Uh, you know, broken teeth is the other thing that this story didn't even reference. That That's a huge problem where we have to have a tooth removed or have a root canal done. Yeah. That's another one. You also don't recommend rawhide unless it's, what, compressed? What, what is your... Compressed, yeah. I, I like the compressed rawhide, and those aren't the kind of little chopped up pieces, but it's the, actually, it's under high pressure, and it's in a bone form. And it's really only with supervision. Any of these, you know, chew items that you would be using, you'd be doing, sitting there visibly watching it and taking it away mm-hmm. um, when you leave the room, so... Yeah, it would be the same as giving a child a carrot and leaving it right. I mean, it's a choking. I, I don't have kids. I don't know. But, yeah. I, <laughs> here's a carrot. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, okay. Just as with people, feline obesity is most often linked to excessive food intake and not enough exercise. And just cutting back on calories alone is not enough. There needs to be exercise involved with any weight loss program, apparently, not just for humans, but for your cat. So how do you encourage your cat to get more exercise? Researchers from the University of Illinois were interested in finding a method to maintain healthy body weighting cats. So they investigated the theory that, you know, we people use smaller, more frequent meals could help to increase overall physical activity. And they applied it just to cats. And for cats, Hmm, it works. Animal science researchers found that both increasing the frequency of meals fed per day, 
not increasing the food total, just splitting it up into smaller meals, as well as offering meals that had added water, did indeed promote more physical activity among the cats that were in this study. They say the secret is the cats were much more active during the times when they anticipated they were about to be fed soon. So also rotating between dry kibble meals and wet or canned food, they say could also help in maintaining body weight. What they're really against is um, just putting out that big bowl of kibble for, you know, usually multiple cat households to gnaw on all day. It's, it's not a good thing. Experts recognize, of course, that the lifestyle of pet owners may not allow for multiple feedings per day, but they say, hey, if, you know, we can go from even offering only one meal a day to just offer two, that's still a big step and would possibly promote more physical activity, meaning more weight loss for the obese kitty. Well, sometimes people buy goldfish for pets. They do. Thinking, you know, they're inexpensive. It could be a companion. They won't have extreme health issues or high vet costs. Then there is Conker who is Brisbane, Australia's $500 goldfish, as he is known around town, because that's what it costs to save the $12 fish's life recently wow. when Conker swallowed a large pebble off the bottom of his aquarium when he was trying to, you know, scoop up a snack. His owner then had to rush the one-year-old fish to a vet for exotic animals because Conker began to choke on a pebble. And they say first they anesthetized him, which they did by dripping a sedative into the water until he dozed off. I would think a sleeping fish is kind of scary, but um, they allowed that allowed the vet to, of course, remove the stone. But you can imagine how scary it must have been because that pebble, they say, was about one third of an inch wide. And little conker isn't even two inches long. He's a pretty small goldfish. But that pebble was just too big for him to spit back out. Anyway, the entire life-saving procedure was successful, and conker is now back to normal. His owner says she had to do something. You know, he's a live animal. She loves him. And that her thin little buddy would have starved to death had she done nothing. Oh, good I think for it's a her. cute story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Doctor oh. Debbie, do you work on fish at all, or do you you uh, fish those out? I firm those out. I have a veterinarian that does work on fish and she works on things like at the aquarium. Um, so she does this kind of thing. Yeah. And we do have the anesthetic you're referring to and you, you basically bubble it through, um, you know, they're uh, a bubbler. And then when you're done with the surgery, you do a water change to eliminate the anesthe- anesthesia containing water and then they wake up. It, mm. It's really quite uh, interesting and cool. It seems like the pebbles are a pretty common substrate for fish tanks and this could become a, a big yeah. problem all the time yeah yeah well and the problem would be you know not just the, you know the choking thing but if it affected their buoyancy and their ability to kind of go up and down within the the tank um, so that extra weight could definitely throw off their their ability to do that i thought it was fascinating because you know they mosey around the bottom of the tank all the time picking up you know trying to pick up pebbles and spitting them out but trying to get the extra food and i never would have thought about anesthetic drops in the water <laughs> Great guy. story. Mm-hmm. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. 
I believe we have Dennis on the phone. Hey, Dennis. Hi. How you doing? Well, I have a, a dog here that's uh, about eight years old now, and uh, I just can't get him to stop lifting his leg and peeing on everything in sight. <laughs> <laughs> if I, you know, the other day I got, I got a UPS package. Before I could get there, he, he already had it soaked down for me. Uh, <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. Uh, Boy, and, that's... Uh, he's been neutered. He was okay. neutered at about eight months old. He was a rescue dog. Now, does he mark in the house um, predominantly, he's or does he have... He's a, guard, he's a guard dog. He's uh, probably three-quarter, maybe more, Great Pyrenees. Okay. And uh, he's a guard dog for our alpacas. Oh, so he has a job then. Yes, he does, and he does a great job at that, too. He's really good at it. He's a very smart dog, and uh, coyotes come around. Boy, he's right there. Okay, so does he spend most of his time outdoors, or does he spend kind of equal inside and out? No, all the time out. He's outside all, all the time. time. <laughs> all right, so he's marking, so he has access to, like, the front of the house, the porch, things like that, where he's right. getting to he the packages. That. Yeah, he has access all around the property. <laughs> wow, Dennis, you know, the first thing that I'm going to say is that he's doing everything you're asking him to do, <laughs> is that he's an outside dog who has a job of protecting his uh, property and keeping those other dogs, the coyotes, away. So he does that by his presence and by sending his scent around in the means of urine marking. Um, It's going to be very hard for him to understand that that's what you want him to do in some situations, but not when the UPS guy comes around or, um, you know, if something else comes onto his property that looks new, foreign, or like he has to mark his presence to that object. Um, does he ever urine mark on people? No, he never does that. No. No, okay. He's great with people. He's fantastic with, with people and kids especially. He just loves them. Can you see the difficulty here is that this is exactly what he knows in his life is that he yeah. has to kind of guard the property. You know, I, I think that unless he's going to have a major change in his lifestyle, you know, I don't know that we're going to be able to tell him, you know, don't mark on this particular thing. Now, unless you have a certain area that we're going to completely make off limits, um, you know, if that's a part of the... Uh, the home environment that he doesn't get around the front porch, then there are ways where you can train him to not come near that. Um, but if he's got free roam, then that's really tough. <laughs> that's what I thought my, you might be telling me, but uh, <laughs> he does a good job no. at what he's supposed to be doing here, what he's hired for, right? You know. Absolutely. So, you know, I'd tell the UPS guy to be a little bit more selective where he put those boxes. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking. 
can my finger? No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Dr. Debbie just during the commercial break telling me how much she loved King and Queens. King of Queens. King of Queens, get it right. I didn't think you actually watched television. Well, you know, there's those times when you just need to zone out and not think about medicine or veterinary work, and it, that show is awesome for that. <laughs> and, of course, the reason we bring that up is our guest, Nicole Sullivan, is joining us. I remember her first from Mad TV before that. Yes. And then uh, King of Queens, she was a dog walker and would have to walk Arthur. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> yeah. Which is funny, because I need a daily walk, too, now. Well, I, I should ask for some tips on how to walk some elderly men in my neighborhood. <laughs> Nicole, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? Very good. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. So how many animals do you have at home? I've got five animals. I have three dogs and two cats. Wow. Rescues. Were they, they were rescues. Were they foster failures? Uh, foster? I don't even know what that means, foster failures. That, um, that means when you think you're just going to hold on to the animal uh, for a little while <laughs> and then maybe adopt it out, but you can't. You decide um, to keep it. You know, I've had a couple of those in my past, but no, I'm, I'm, I don't no longer lie to myself. I no longer try to <laughs> pretend that if an animal comes in my house that they're ever leaving. <laughs> Now, you have five animals, and we've been talking about this a little earlier today, about, at least with me, my cats sleep in bed, and I will sleep in pretty awkward positions, so they're comfortable. So you don't disturb them. So I don't dude, disturb dude, them. Let me, explain to you, let me explain to you my bed situation. Okay. My, hu- my husband sleeps, obviously, next to me, with about seven pillows around him because he fancies himself like an NBA player, like his joints hurt. Like, he never, he never played professional sports. He shouldn't be in that much pain. But he sleeps with pillows all around him, less anything lest he roll into anything but a pillow at night. Uh-huh. And then on the third of the bed that's left is me, my dog, and a 21-pound cat. 21 <laughs> pounds. And and maybe even a kid some days. <laughs> now, is the, is the cat overweight, or is it uh, is that... I know some cats actually grow to that size. Listen, I don't want to. I don't want to point fingers. Um, <laughs> she, you know, it's odd, and I know people don't. We don't recommend this for. Uh, but the situation. She was a feral cat, so she's an indoor outdoor cat. Which for an indoor outdoor cat to be overweight, you have to go out of your way. Like, and I don't <laughs> feed her more than I feed the other cat, who weighs about eleven pounds. So uh, I don't know exactly how it's going. I don't know exactly how it's happening, but. She's also a big cat. She's a big cat. Well, how do you spoil your cat? We just had a newscast where this lady uh, spent, five. what was it, $500 on her goldfish to get a rock out of his yeah. mouth? Surgery. She obviously oh loves her Oh, my God. Are you serious? Serious. Real story. So what do you do to spoil your animals? Well, I would say the be- the bed situation is probably the number one. Um, my older cat, my older cat is uh, twenty, almost 21 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, she's real old. And uh, so her, she can't jump up to her food anymore but she oh, has two bites and then decides she's not hungry i have to i literally lift her up to her food probably 38 times a day <laughs> like, <laughs> every time i walk by i'm like here you go here you go here you go uh 
And then I buy them, of course. You know, my husband's like, they can eat dry food. And I'm like, no, they, they like, when I buy them their little broth, I buy them chicken broth at the store so they can lick it. <laughs> Does your husband ever get jealous? Um, no, I mean, jealous wouldn't be the right word. His patience level's lower. We had a, one cat that had a, she just got old and just started peeing everywhere in the house. And it lasted a long time. Like, I, I tried changing her food. I tried getting her an allergy test. Like, I just tried a bunch of stuff. And nothing was, nothing was working. Putting tinfoil on things and... And then finally, I just was like, everywhere she peed in the house, every single place was like her spot, which was like nine of them. I put a litter box. I did that too. I had tinfoil all over my walls and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, the tinfoil, she peed right on the tinfoil. She didn't care about the tinfoil. I put the tinfoil on the spot, she'd pee on it. And then I went and got those like tossable, uh, you know, kitty litter box, the cardboard ones. And I put one literally everywhere was her spot. And then then she peed it. So then there was nine litter boxes. Nine I'm cleaning up. Uh-huh. And then one by one, I would I would eliminate a litter box one by one, and she doesn't do it anymore. We still have like probably three or three. We still have three litter boxes in the house, but she doesn't do it anymore. Good job! Well, you did a great yeah. job at kind of getting her back to the litter box. That's great. I know. Thank. I mean, I just had to. My husband was like, "What is happening to our house?" I'm like, "I don't know." He goes, "Did you read about this somewhere?" I'm like, "No, I'm making it up. Just go with me." <laughs> now I'm getting the feeling your husband is the dog guy. He's more the dog guy. Yes, although the cat. The, the heavy set cat, I'll call her, really <laughs> likes him, and he sort of begrudgingly likes her, too. He pretends he doesn't, but they get along really well. <laughs> well, we got you on the phone today because of our favorite organization in L.A., the Kitty Bungalow Charm School of Wayward Cats, and these guys uh, take care of feral cats, pretty much. And they do these uh, all kinds of wonderful events, and they're, ha- they're having an event coming up uh, October 15th, so yes, I guess that would be next week. Yes, yes. yes okay, the Spectacular Cat Beret. Yes, oh, yes, that's what we're talking about. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, okay yes, Cat Beret uh, at the Avalon Theater. Oh, it's so fun. It's a, you know, a cabaret. So see what they did there? See, we'll yeah. Add a little key. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's singing and dancing and, like, like legit professional, like, um, can-can dancers and actors that you know from TV and stuff like that and that are singing, that have beautiful voices and duets and there's video and it's, it's, it's like a whole fantastic show. And food and open bar. I mean, it's just, it's its wonderful. And are you dancing or are you singing? What do you do? Dancing, of course. No, I'm not dancing. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, they have actual cute dances. Um, I do i do comedy every year. Not stand-up. I usually do a sketch. Uh, so we're, we're writing a new sketch for this year's show. Very good. I'm going to put all the information, like I said, over the website. If you're in the L.A. area, head on over to it. And, it's next Saturday. Uh, next Saturday. Yes. Nicole, thanks so much for hanging with us today. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. If you want to learn more about uh, what she's doing or anything you've heard on today's show and get your fix, head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's so easy to do from the Google Play Store or the Apple iTunes Store. And uh, we'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network.